The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. And this is The Bill Myers Show. Poor guy, Dwayne Yunker, actually uh, raised his hand. He's now in the state legislature. And <laughs> we appreciate you being on. Hello, State Rep Yunker. Great to have you back. Welcome. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. All right. Well, you've had uh, a full week in there. Now we're into the second day of the second week here. And it's a short session. We're supposed to be just uh, touching up budgets, but there's a lot in play. What is the latest here going on? And uh, maybe you can just kind of bring us up to snuff on this here. Between housing, the housing crisis, the Measure 110, the homeless crisis, the fentanyl crisis, and various other crises. But uh, I'm sure that Everything will be solved by the time this uh, session's over. But give me the latest, please. Yeah, and I, I don't really have any update on the Measure 110 stuff. Um, I think both people have, uh, both sides have drawn a line right this minute, and we'll see what happens. Is it kind of a hardening stance here, which uh, Democrats really don't want to recriminalize really hard, and Republicans are saying, hey, you either give us a stick or nothing's going to happen or change? Is that kind of where we are right now? I think that's exactly where we're at. We're, we're sticking to our ground. We're doing what the people have asked us to do. Um, I would honestly say I probably get 25 to 40 emails a day. It says recriminalize 110. Mm-hmm. That's how many emails I get. Um, people want some teeth in this game to, you know, they're not, I don't think they're, you know, I've read these emails. They're not looking to lock people up forever. They want to get them in treatment. And without getting them in treatment, um, the Democrats just want to put a like, hey, we did something, but it's not really doing anything. They're, they're um, smoking mirrors kind of for the people. Hey, we did something this year um, for election year. Um, and I, I mean, Republicans can see through that. I think the people can see through this. Um, people want something done. And I think the Democrats need to listen to the, the voters. State Rep. Uh, Kim Wallen spoke with me yesterday and she was saying that um, she doesn't think there's going to be any movement on the uh, statewide income tax. Would you agree with this, or is it just like a placeholder maybe for uh, next time around? Could you give us an update on that? Is anything happening? Yeah, I think this is not going anywhere. Um, I mean, I hope the Democrats pass it, and just for, not for us being paid more taxes, but that would, you know, maybe we can get rid of some Democrats because that's a killer to them. So I don't see it going anywhere. Raising taxes on people is not a popular thing. Um, so, I, you know, I've received those emails. I have not heard anybody talk about bringing that bill forward. So at this point, I, I think it's kind of a mute uh, point. So, so it's a nice idea. So they're thinking, uh, Dems are thinking this is a nice idea, but we're probably not going to fall on our sword this time over it, right? I would I would, I would agree. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're a little bit safe. So is anything looking to pass at this point in time i know it's relatively early in the four five-week session here but uh, give us a lay of the land as you're seeing it and uh, what's happening what's not happening okay well i can only speak a lot to my bills you know because you know like today i have three committees so i'm really focused on those committees and bills and which committees are those again just to remind us i i'm i'm on um health care behavior health which is really hard and frustrating sometimes um, very complex. I have um, judiciary and um, economic development, small business, you know, those three. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the problem with small business development is I could swear the state of Oregon is uh, wishing to uh, develop uh, 
more smaller businesses, in other words, taking a large business and making it small. <laughs> Maybe that's what it's all about. I'm sorry. I think I, a little. I, think I mean, I, I don't even think that's what we're talking about mostly in there. I mean, it's called economic and small business, but I, I don't even see that happening. I see it more of um, how can we funnel money through the Oregon, um, the, org- the business Oregon, and to our friends of non you know, these GF, um, NGOs. And places like that on um, in the name of DEI. That's what I'm seeing. Really, I don't see them helping businesses. You know, yeah, I had like three focuses today that I was really hoping to talk about, and that would be House Bill 4041. Mm-hmm. And that this is a straight up um, bill that's talking about DEI, which you know the Harvard case just came out and said that's unconstitutional to pick winners. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're discriminating against other classes of people, and and we've already had legal weigh-in on this, but they're still trying to – now they're trying to, instead of come out and say, oh, we're picking people with color or something like that, we're, we're going to let the business organ work with the NGOs to see how the money is funneled. Is this one of those things where uh, business organ would then be – they come up with a different way – to accomplish discrimination in which, okay, so we can't look at skin color, and, and then it's going to be, okay, well, how can we do this? All right, shared experiences. Have you ever been pulled over by a police officer or something like that, or unjustly in your view, and hence you are an oppressed person? Is it, is it kind of that uh, way? Because it, it, I don't even think that. I think this is what – so they'll change the language for the bill and then let Business Oregon – do their thing. If you look at business or you can get on there, you can look at their affirmative action thing and their goals. And, and, and here's one goal right here. I have it right in front of me. The goal is to, to um, address disparity between minority owned business and white owned business. Their outcome, it says exactly what their outcome is, is to give minority owned businesses receive more grants, more government grant awards. Oh, your, okay. Your goal, your so, goal okay. So they're, they're going to shovel more. They're going to shovel more tax money then at minority-owned businesses. Okay, through the NGO process. So, okay, through the NGO process, that is discrimination. <laughs> you're you're saying that that the one group has more of uh, and as far as I can read, all these civil rights acts, you know, 1964, the Harvard one. You can't do that. You cannot push money or pick winners over others because of skin color. But it sounds as if while the Supreme Court is starting to question affirmative action and, uh, and DEI, the state of Oregon is doubling down, State Rep. Yunker, on this? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're doubling down. In the, in, in, um, there's a, even the governor, the governor's racial justice council, you know, Include unrepresented communities and communities of color. This plan was presented by the governor's racial justice camp. That's what they're doing. They're funneling money and pushing it to their things. And it's under sex. It's under LGBTQ. It's under color. It's under um, women. Um, instead of being a fair playing field for all people, maybe they're poor or whatever, that's not what they're looking at. All right. Now, curiosity here. Now, State Rep. Young, Dwayne Yunker with me. Dwayne, how can the state of Oregon claim that we have underrepresented, up, underrepresented communities? Because that doesn't make sense because 
all of these communities are represented mostly by Democrats in Democratic uh, in Democratic districts. Where am I wrong? You know about that. Who, who are these? I, I would. I don't think you are wrong. Here's how bad it is. So I have my you know my people here that work for me. You know, great staff. We reached out to um, the the Governor Affairs Manager Mark. His last name is G A R S T. And we were asking questions. Obviously, he doesn't want to answer the questions. We, hey, we want to have a meeting with you. He doesn't want to take my meeting. I'm a state representative. <laughs> he doesn't want to meet with you? Meet with me. He doesn't want to meet with What's you? That? All right. No, he doesn't want to meet with me. Oh. <laughs> I, I didn't know. So, so what? So he, so who does he work for? He apparently doesn't work for, works for the government. He works for a uh, mob boss. Essentially. Who's the mob boss then that he will go see? Well, I'm not a Democrat, I guess. I'm not, oh. you know, I'm not part of the DEI. Oh. Part of the... oh, okay. All right. So he, he doesn't want to talk to me that represents Josephine County and, and wants to know what how they're working for Josephine County. That's the way I look at it. I'm here representing Josephine County and looking at what's the best for our county, and I'm looking at the stuff they're doing, and it's not representing Josephine County, and he doesn't want to talk to me about it. How much money are they, uh, in your estimation, are they trying to shuffle into, essentially, friends of progressivism uh, through the NGO process as uh, as part of 4041, doubling down then on DEI, even though the courts are starting to look unkindly to this, do we know? I think this is $30 million. I could be wrong on this one. Um, it, it, you know, there's so much dollars around here. Um, but I think it's another thirty million or something dollars pushing uh-huh. through these NGOs. You know, I like to move on to two more. I know we're short on time, but if there's another one, House Bill forty seventy. That's the school based health care centers. Um, I don't know if people have been looking at this. This is another scary bill. In, in, you know, they try to hide things under giving disadvantage or people. Um, Healthcare and schools. Now, school-based healthcare centers. A big concern that parents have had is that a lot of bad stuff ends up getting uh, is slithering out of them, out of the basis of, uh, you know, hey, we're going to take care of everybody through school. Kind of the Soviet model is uh, is where they're trying to take this. I know I've talked with other people yeah. about this. Yes, and, and that's what they're trying to do. Is the, the government knows better? Well, I submitted a, an amendment yesterday. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but I want to put people on record. Um, I want children under 18 that must have parental permission because they don't want permission from parents. That tells you that they're going to do something that parents would not be happy about. <laughs> exactly. And they want to take your rights away as a parent and that we're going to talk to your 15-year-old and tell them what they should be doing with their body or anything else. And look at the supporters of this. You've got Planned Parenthood, Portland Public Schools, ACLU. You should be scared when the government's trying to do this stuff. Extremely scared of when the government's saying, hey, the Oregon Health Authority will give money to these to these little, you know, health centers in your schools. Well, what's going on in these little things if my parents are not involved? Mm. Well, you know, it's about uh, abortion, birth control, and trannyism. You know that's where they, they, they probably want to take it, or else you can pretty much uh, figure that's going to be the ultimate endgame. Hmm. So 4070, it, 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 it does 4070 look like it's gaining traction right now? That does sound like a, a pretty nasty bill. Well, I, I would say that um, Representative, I think, Dexter yesterday was squirming a little bit. We were supposed to talk about this, 
and she has another amendment. So I'm not sure. You know, of course, the Republicans have no no power to run these um, committees. You know, they're mm-hmm. all ran by Democrats. So all you can do is try to break it. All you can do is try to break things. You know, really, yeah, that's what you yeah, can do, expose right? Expose and break break the problems. You're trying mm-hmm. to expose the fraud they're doing and what their agenda is, and, and break the system and call them out. So then they get scared that. They won't try to pass this stuff. That, that's what we really need to do here. All right. 4070. That's one to watch then. What's the other one that yeah. is uh, rattling your chain this morning? It's House Bill 4124. And it sounds really great on the surface. But when you look, sorry, I got so much stuff up here, Bill. Mm-hmm. You got piles <laughs> it, of paper. I know. All right. Yeah. So this House Bill, it, it, you know, the the summary of it says appropriate money to Oregon Business Development Department for distributed Oregon culture organizations response to negative impact on COVID-19 pandemic and organization financing. And if you go to this bill, there's like 30, I think there's 30, maybe there's less than that, um, art and culture places. Mm-hmm. And one of them is the Shakespeare Festival, which the Shakespeare Festival used to be great, but you can read articles what the Shakespeare Festival's been doing the last couple of years. This is a bailout then for this is a bailout for woke art institutions is what this is. House Bill forty one twenty four. That's what this is all about. And all right, it's uh, grant stream funding for Oregon Shakespeare Festival and various other things. Okay. Yeah, there, there, there's several controversial ones on there's Portland Art Museum, and you can get to a fine Google on these what these things, um, these um, groups have been doing the last couple of years. Well, the bottom line, though, is that, the, is that a lot of times these people have suffered attendance losses. They're going to try to blame it on COVID, but it's really because they're putting on bad art and they're expecting people to come watch it and see it. And so if they're going to put out bad art, you know, uh, we're going to backfill. We're going to backfill them. That's what uh, 4124 is, isn't it? <laughs> That's what it is. The consumer pushes what they want. And obviously, if the consumer's not going to watch your plays or whatever, then I guess it's not COVID-19. It's, they don't like what you're putting on. I think that's more what we should be talking about. And why should the taxpayers have to give you, you know, they want $2.3 million at the Shakespeare Festival. Uh-huh. I'll tell you um, what. Uh, you know, well, th- well, thanks for calling this out there or calling these people out. Maybe you can embarrass them over these multi-million dollar artistic uh, institutions and nonprofits and and maybe say, no, we're not going to pay you any more taxpayer money. What you need to do is put on better shows and sell more tickets. I would, I would agree. I mean, that's how a normal business, if the business is not doing what the consumer is asking, they crumble, fall, and go away. Mm-hmm. All right. And if this passes, what this does is that this backfills the organizations that are putting out bad art that people don't want to pay for. That's not a good thing. I, I, I would agree. I mean, people need to pay attention and, 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 and testify, read what's going on up here. Um, I don't see a lot of good sometimes. There is a, some good bills, but a lot of times it's for special projects for their friends. Hmm. All right. So watch out for House Bill 4041. That's the DEI bill. There's the 4070 school health clinics, school-based health clinics, putting more money into there. You're going to try to get an amendment that would require parental permission. Of course, that would be a poison pill. You know that. And uh, House Bill 4124, which would be cutting hot checks to failing 
art and cultural institutions that are putting out stuff that people don't care about. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, keep us in the loop on this one. By the way, do state legislators care about emails that are coming in and commenting on various bills? Do they read them? Do they care? I, I, I can't answer for everyone. Um, I can tell you that um, I get a lot of chain emails that are the exact same, you know, measure 110, they're the same wording, so I don't have to read them a hundred times. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you, if you're, if you're emailing me, measure 110, I'm with you. Okay. I, I can't speak for the other people. I do read all my emails. Um, I can tell you right now that ones that are trying to push me to do this, um, 41, what is the, uh, the first one I talked about, mm-hmm. and they're all from Portland. I'm not reading them. I see what you're doing and, um, you know, but that's it, the economic development, you know, so, but I do read them, you know, and honestly, I got to put something out there for today. Yesterday, there was some people here with some blood disorders. I think the bill is 4113. Okay. You know, there was people from Grants Pass that drove up here to testify for this. And the chair of the um, Behavioral Health and Healthcare told them, hey, well, we'll come back Wednesday. We're not going to talk about it today. What so do you mean come back it. Wednesday after people drove all day? Exactly. And I met with them. We took a picture. These are people who have rare blood disorders. And, um, you know, their medicine costs a lot of money. They ha- they deserve to have, they should, they deserved to be heard yesterday. And I think it's a very disappointing that our system did not allow them to speak. Hmm. Thanks for the update. And I wish you were a little happier there on the end, but uh, at least you're keeping an eye on the, uh, on the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the garbage and, yeah, so. and and trying to find the uh, occasional little pearl, you know, within all of that uh, garbage. All right, State Representative Dwayne Stark, we appreciate you coming on. We'll have you back. All right, be well. Right. Seven thirty three at KMED KCMD. You're waking up with the Bill Meyer Show. Coming up on the next Hughes Lumber. When two by fours get together, only one thing can happen: walls get built. Check out the studs, followed by contractors and do-it-yourselfers, featuring lumber, hardware, and siding. Starring decks, additions, and ADUs. It's the return of home enhancements. But watch out for that naughty pine. Get the best build for your buck values at Hughes Lumber, your top show for quality, price, selection, service. So don't miss Hughes Lumber on Crater Lake Highway next to Garrison's. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's up? I'm tired of feeling so bloated. That used to be me. Then I got this. Align bloating relief plus food digestion. A probiotic, right? Yeah, it works naturally with your gut to help soothe occasional bloating and gas. Plus, it has vitamin B12 to aid digestion by helping convert food to cellular energy. Two benefits, one capsule. Align bloating relief plus food digestion from the number one doctor-recommended probiotic brand. Get $5 off at alignprobiotics.com. Hi, it's John at Wellburn's Weapons. The only thing better than shooting is shooting with a suppressor. Wellburns is Southern Oregon's suppressor headquarters, stocking models from Silencer Code, Dead Air, Griffin Armament, Rugged, Q, Thunderbeast, and many more. And we can order practically any suppressor on the market. Check in with us for monthly incentives to save on suppressors too. Come see the suppressor experts. Wellburns Weapons on Crater Lake Highway, just south of White City. All those personal goals you set for 2024 would be much easier to tackle if you're well-rested from a great night's sleep. And if one of those goals is to save money, get ready to clobber two canaries with one whopper of a rock. 
Now, during the 17th anniversary sale at Garrison Sleep, get six years interest-free financing OAC on a new perfectly plush or fantastically firm mattress or get 25% off. Save today and sleep your way through 2024. Garrisons.com. KMED, KCMD News, sponsored by Millette Construction, specializing in foundation repair and replacement. Get on solid ground by visiting MilletConstruction.com. Good morning, I'm Marcus Villa with your NBC5 Morning News Update. We're hearing from a student athletic trainer in Ashland who used to work under Asante. But as we previously reported, the health system has laid off about 3% of its workforce with a payroll around 6,000, that's around 200 people. Eric Lang was the only athletic trainer position that was supported by Asante, but says last Wednesday he was eliminated immediately. And this comes in the middle of the school year at Ashland High School and two weeks left in the winter sports season. Without Lang, this leaves over 300 student-athletes without a licensed athletic trainer's oversight. Before he was let go, Lang was working with SLU to give students exposure to the field of sports medicine. Lang says that even though he's only worked that position for almost two years, he enjoys making sure local student-athletes are safe and looked after. We reached out to Asante about their layoffs. We still have not heard back. The Grants Pass Community Library has been giving a $250,000 gift from the Cow Creek Band of Indians to help build a new library. Last year, the Josephine Community Library Foundation bought an entire block in downtown Grants Pass to act as the future home of the library. The Library Foundation will hold a community meeting next Monday the 19th at the Grants Pass Library to speak more about the project and investment from the Cow Creek. That's a look at your morning headlines. For MC5 News, I'm Marcus Veal. Have a fabulous day. This hour of the Bill Meyer Show is proudly sponsored by Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros and Full Service Auto Repair. American Industrial Door is at the Josephine County Home Show this weekend. Whether you're looking to replace your door, upgrade your opener with an impressive array of technology for convenience and security, or just have questions about service and repair, the crew is looking forward to talking to you. There will also be samples of all the latest colors, textures, and styles of doors to transform the look of your home. American Industrial Door is at the Josephine County Fairgrounds this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. See you at the show. Hi, it's Jason at Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros. If you're wondering about the condition of your tires, stop in and we'll check your tread level and give you an honest assessment on wear and ability to navigate icy, slick roads. And if you need new tires, Phoenix Auto Center has a great selection of top brands like General, Hercules, Cooper, Falcon, Mastercraft, BF Goodrich, and more. For the best tire prices and service, see your local, family-owned Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros on Main in Phoenix. If you're remodeling your house, start with the foundation. Millette Construction offers a no-pressure, thorough inspection of your home's foundation and a no-obligation estimate if your house needs work. The foundation is most important because all the repairs and upgrades you're planning from the floors, windows, doors, cabinets, even the roof can be affected if your foundation is unstable. Be sure you're on solid ground. Millette Construction will level your house and correct the shifting soil problem. Visit MilletteConstruction.com. Hi, this is Mark from Jay Austin, and I'm on KMED and KCMD. Bob sent me an article, and this is on uh, Microsoft News here. Train derails in Northern California Canyon spilling coal into the river. This was in the uh, Feather River Canyon in Plumas County. So it derailed, and it uh, spilled some coal into the river. They're, they're going to get it cleaned up there. 
And the thing is, is that uh, the state says that in the short term, they do not expect the spilled coal to be a problem. However, officials said they are concerned about the possible smothering effects the spill could have on organisms in the river. Now, this is the same state, along with Oregon, that ended up uh, enabling the river of death coming out of the Klamath. Right, the climate. We're going to just blow out hundreds of millions of cubic yards of sediment, just killing the fish and the shrimp and their or the other uh, aquatic life. And it just, but that's okay. And they're worried about a couple of car coals or, or coals, uh, coal cars that have spilled it. Ay ay ay. You know, uh, Josephine County Commissioner Herman Berchiger, it They kind of miss the big picture sometimes, don't they? With what's really pollution out there. <laughs> Well, it depends. If the big picture um, benefits them, they won't miss it. But if the big picture um, works against them, then they'll miss it. Yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted to make sure that people know that next week you're going to do a deeper dive on the Oregon State paid leave and what it's going to be doing to our local governments. Of course, you're county commissioner in uh, Josephine County. We're paying attention to that in Jackson County, for that matter. And... Just as a little teaser, what kind of costs is the county looking at right now because of paid leave through the state of Oregon? Well, currently in Josephine County, we have PTO time, which is personal time off. So mm-hmm. every six months every six months you work, you get about 96 hours personal time off. Uh, you have to schedule it, but you can take it off for whatever reason you want. Um, it was kind of our version of family paid sick leave, mm-hmm. so... If you had something going on in your life, uh, you could you, you cure these hours and you could take it off and deal whatever it's, it's yours. Do whatever you want. <clears throat> well, now there's family paid sick leave, which uh, kind of does the same thing. Um, it's uh, you pay sixty percent, the employer pays forty percent, and then you can take off time for. Now uh, they say there's certain criteria to meet, but it's unauditable. So you just say whatever you want. We we can't audit it. We can't say, well, we, we want a note from your doctor or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. So anyways, so when you add these two together, it's a lot of time off. And last year, we people really weren't even taking family paid sick leave. They were taking PTO time. Mm-hmm. And we figured it was about $4.1 million we paid for time off. And this is uh, the taxpayers of Josephine County paying $4.1 million. Right. And this for is time for, for time off. Okay, fine. Yeah. And so, you know, some of the projections um, when you add family paid sick leave, uh, when you add all that together, that could escalate to 12 to $14 million is what some of the projections are. So we'll see what happens. Wow. You know, the very- to, to, well, to go from $4 million to 12 to $14 million on uh, paid sick leave, and and PTO, I mean, that's insane. Where's that going to come from? Well, it, it is. And, and the variable, though, you got to always remember the variable are, are your employees going to take advantage of it. I say probably so in the future. In the future. But other people say, well, that doesn't mean they're going to do it. And I'm like, oh, okay, we'll see. Well, if there's kind of an entitlement through there, and that's what, I mean, you're forced Kind to- of an entitlement, Bill? Yeah. Kind of? Well, it is an entitlement, okay? I'm trying to be politically kind. Right? I know that's yeah. not in my nature, okay? but <laughs> It's not in mine either. That's why I'm in the courier all the time. Uh, yeah, anyway. yeah, I know. I know. I get that. <laughs> but still, that is, uh, that, that, that is serious. And 
Now, here's the question. Why doesn't the county then, since there is a state paid leave time, why does it not just eliminate PTO? Because it's in our it's in our union contract. Okay. When do the union contracts come up? Um, well, we're going through that now, but I will tell you, um, as commissioners, you don't have a lot of say in these contracts. I'll tell you, like the, the law enforcement contract virtually have no say because they're a non-strike union. So that means if the commissioners disagree, they bring in an arbitrator. So okay, well, yeah. what I was getting what I was getting at though is that maybe when the uh, when the contracts come up for renegotiation, it's like all right, it's either going to be PTO through the system we have right now, or it's going to be the state system. You can't do both. It's ridiculous well, to uh, do both. The expense to the county, the real expense to the county bill, is going to be. If you're going to accomplish the same workload, you're going to have to have 30% more employees uh-huh. so you can cover all the employees that are not working. Yeah. That's what's real big. Or the services are just going to get cut. You're not going to you're just not going to be able to deliver the level of service we have now. Um, so, I, you know, the county doesn't have the money. That's the bottom Well, line. I get that, and neither does the city of Grants Pass. I know the city of Grants Pass no. just, uh, you know, passed that uh, meals tax, which I don't think is real wise, and they're going to be raising the utility fees. But when people start finding out, oh, not only are you going to raise that, but then cops and firefighters and various other things are going to start taking more paid time off, both through the state system and through the local union contracts, that's not going to play real well. Just saying. Okay. Well, you know, the, the briefing by by um, Councilwoman Valerie Lovelace is the reason they need more police at Grants Pass Police Department is they have 14 people off right now. So that's there's a, a now there's for various reasons that they're off, but that's that's really not the point. The point is they're off. So that brings the workload placed on the ones that aren't off a lot higher so they need more people so yeah because those people are getting burned out i'm sure the ones that are actually left right. behind and working exactly and, okay and so that that's the reason listen it's just not simply going to work in the future it's not going to work out so my projections are is that your taxes are going to go up and your level of services are going to decline I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry, citizen. I hope you start paying attention and, you know, <laughs> start paying attention to who you elect. Josephine County Commissioner Herman Berichiger with me. And uh, and like I said, we'll do a deeper dive on the uh, on the employment and the uh, PTO and things like that next week. All right. I guess you'll have some better figures at that point. Yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah. All right. But, uh, boy, that was quite a tease, though. Just the beginning tease. It's kind of like, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> OK. Where do we go here? Now, when it comes to ta- when it comes to taxation here, according to uh, both of our uh, local state reps that I talked to, uh, Kim Wallen and of course Dwayne Yunker, they don't think that the statewide property tax is going to get any traction here. What do you think are the odds of increasing taxes and fees in other ways? How how would you judge the lay of the land right now, legislatively, locally, and state? Well, HJR two hundred one. That's House Joint Resolution two hundred one. Statewide property tax. They're floating it right now, okay? Mm-hmm. So they're gonna they're getting you used to the water. 
Um, and it's an election year, so they're definitely not going to pass it. But it, it, it has a very good chance of passing in the long session next year. So, and that, and you got to remember, that act would put a constitutional uh, state tax in our constitution to fund public safety. Now, this is this is how the I, I'm going to tell you something. I've always been impressed at the long game that the Democrats in Oregon play, and they do this all the time. So start with general fund money. General fund money is your income tax and corporate tax and everything. And those are discretionary funds that you can use for anything you want, okay? So what they do, I'll give you an example. Remember the gross receipts tax. No, let's go back one more. Remember the lottery? Yes. The lottery. How did we sell the lottery to the Oregonians? Well, it's going to help pay for education. Bingo. Mm -hmm. Look what has happened. And but. So if it helps pay, okay, so if you're using general fund money to fund education and now you have lottery money to fund education, then that frees up general fund money to go do whatever you want on your social programs. Okay? That's how the game works. And, Got it. Yeah. Okay. So now let's let's fast forward to 2017, the gross receipts tax. It's for the children. It's for education. Get the gross receipts tax. Okay, so you have the lottery helping pay for education. You have the gross receipts tax helping pay for uh, for education. Why are the schools so bad and the kids are so dumb in some ways? I don't know. Because of the policies. But I, with the point I'm trying to make, it keeps freeing up general fund money that the Democrats can go do whatever they want. They can give it to the homeless. They can give it to the minorities. They can give it to whoever will vote for them. In other words, be very careful when the Democrats are proposing a tax which is specifically going to pay for a particular agenda because what it does is free up general fund money from all the other sources to spend on their favorite people. Right, and so look at this one. The act would put in the Constitution a state tax on property to fund public safety. Who pays for public safety right now? General fund. Mm -hmm. So what happens when we get a statewide uh, property tax? And it, and it frees up general fund money. And what do they use general fund money? Free health care, free cell phones, subsidized food subsidized housing transgender surgeries for the kids you know all the all the fun stuff that democrats really stand for okay uh, tax paid abortions all of that stuff okay it's a I, it's a slide of the hand and and they've been doing it for 30 years and getting away from it and the taxpayer just keeps paying a little tidbit of information um oregon when you look at the graph, this is from rich states, poor states, Oregonians are the nation's third poorest. So when you take the average income in Oregon and you take the, the state taxes out of it, we're number 48, Phil. Number 48 in income. Wow. Because of yeah. the, uh, because the, well, the thing is our state income tax is very regressive. You get up to what, 9.9% pretty quickly. In the state. Well, it's not that. It's the gross receipts tax, statewide transportation tax. Uh -huh. um, you know, in uh, 2017, they passed the 
the um, uh, the statewide transportation package, and that is just a series of of uh, tax increases over 10 years. Hmm. So it's, it's been going up every year. It's got a few more years to go. Here's another little one. Oregon's government per capita is the nation's fourth richest. richest. Okay? That's an interesting so, statistic there. Yeah. So for all this cry of poor, Oregon state government is actually quite, uh, quite well-funded. That's it. So you look at, so you look at Oregon's the third poorest because they take money, they take all this money out of your check, out of whatever you're doing, and in and in turn, the, the government becomes the fourth richest per capita. Hmm. Okay. And Oregonians keep voting for these people. Now, if this statewide property tax, since it's probably not going to go this year, but they're trying to condition the sheep to be yeah. uh, okay with this because it'll pay for. Public safety. And why do you need uh, public safety paid for? Well, you're not allowed to take care of uh, dirtbags and derelicts and drug addicts. You're, you're not supposed to be doing anything to anybody. And you're also not to complain about, uh, you know, population coming from outside the country, you know, in here illegal either. You're not supposed to do that, right? You're not supposed to complain. Yeah. And is that something that voters would have to approve, though, since it's a constitutional change? Um, yes and no. You could do it in the legislature if you have a believe it, it's it's either three fifths or two thirds vote. It's one. It's a pretty high bar, but the, the, they're getting close to getting to that bar. Um, or then, it, if they can't get to it, then it will have to be um, voted on by the people because it is a constitutional amendment. But good ideas, I've always said, great ideas never go away in the legislature. <laughs> well, great ideas. <laughs> I don't know. It's such a great idea. But uh, thanks for the warning on this one. So, oh, this is a this is a. I, I hope people, you know, when I look at all, even at the local level, you know. Um, so like our public, our sheriff's department district, people say, well, you supported that. You say you're against taxes. And I say, time out, time out. That is different. Okay. And, uh, people are rolling their eyes. How is that different? That's different because for 40 years or more, the money we've got in royalties from the timber, the federal timberlands in the county has historically paid 100% of our sheriff's department, okay? But our great senators, Wyden and Merkley, more Wyden than Merkley because he's been there, has that's gone away. That revenue stream has pretty much gone away. And, and that's why when people talk, and I understand when they're saying, hey, we're going to get back in the woods, we got to get back in the woods, it's not going to happen as long as you have Democratic senators. It's It will not no. change. There is no legislative support it's to change anything worse. about federal policy. None. It's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. It'll get worse. So, but, you know, when I look at some of the other stuff, well, just look at what the city of Grants Pass is going to do. You know, I don't know if they're going to get away with it. It sounds like the people are really spun up over that. So we'll see what happens. And the other thing is, is they're not doing it by a vote of the people. They have the power of a city council to do it. Josephine County commissioners do not have that power to do it. We have to refer everything to the voter because that's in our current charter. Which, of course, the Democrats wish to blow up in May 
so that they don't have to have that limitation. Okay. If the new charter goes through, the county commissioners will have the same power as the city council and be able to raise your taxes without your vote. There you go. That's it. Take it to the bank. No pun intended. All right. Josephine County Commissioner Herman Baertschicker, former state senator, we always appreciate the take. Talk again and uh, do a deeper dive on that uh, paid time off next week. I think that's going to be really interesting when we get some better numbers on it, okay? Thanks again. All righty. Take care, Bill. Thank you, Herman. 755 at KMED and KCMD. This is the Bill Myers Show. Hey, it's Lars here with my trusted friend in the real estate market, Jared Hokanson with Hokanson Realty. With the marketplace the way it is today, what are you doing differently? Hey, Lars, great question. We offer our guaranteed sale program where we set a price and a deadline. And if your home doesn't sell during that time, we will buy it. And you combine that with the marketing that we do to get our clients top dollar for the sale of their home. And we sell properties like no one else in Southern Oregon. What does that mean for someone who lists his home or her home today? Lars, for someone that lists today, they can start packing. With our guaranteed sale program and the marketing that we do that is second to none in the market, they will be able to get top dollar for their home and know that they didn't leave any money on the table during this changing market. Thanks, Jared. Call Jared Hokanson today at 541-772-SOLD, 541-772-SOLD, or go online to 541-772-SOLD.com and start packing. American Rancher Garage is your premier auto care provider, serving Medford, Central Point, and the Rogue Valley, providing nothing less than the highest quality standard of professionalism on every single service and repair. Call today. Appointments are available for oil change to engine change. Get the peace of mind you deserve at American Rancher Garage on Biddle, across from Elmer's, 499-6673, 499-6673. American Rancher Garage. We stand behind every job we do with service you can trust. Home and business owners prefer to work with Stephen Westfall Roofing, Inc. Free estimates, affordable, efficient, friendly, fast, arrive on time, finish on time. You can count on us for quality roofing. Call us today. Get your estimate tomorrow. 601-9108, CCB number 230804. Saving big, I can dig on just the things I need. Oregon E-Deals has saved the Rogue Valley truckloads of money over the years on things you buy and use often. All Beauty Mark Salon certificates are half off. Also, save big on Diner 62, Malello's Coffee, and Freddy's Diner. This and much more available exclusively at OregonEDeals.com. I'm hooked on OregonEDeals.com. I'm saving big. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. This is the Bill Myers Show. Appreciate you being here. It is uh, 7.57. Some emails of the day. We'll get some of those out here in just a moment. Sponsored by Central Point Family Dentistry. Dr. Steve Nelson. And it's uh, next to the new Mazalan Mexican Restaurant in Central Point. Nice newer location. I think you'll enjoy that. They accept most dental plans and offer one of their own. If you don't have uh, dental insurance. Works a, a lot like dental insurance, but better benefits and fewer limitations. I think you would appreciate that, okay? And we were talking about this uh, this push for standard time because uh, Congress needs to approve if we wanted to go with permanent daylight saving time. All right. Now, I don't want that. I don't think that's a great idea at all. And it seems like so far people are starting to agree with me. Sue writes in this morning from Medford. Sue Perham says, uh, Bill, please add another yay vote to your informal poll regarding staying on Pacific Standard Time. Actually, I know others who would uh, otherwise... Uh, prefer Pacific Standard Time all the year. It just makes sense. Daylight saving time 
is actually Mountain Standard Time. Thanks for providing such a wonderful, thought-provoking, and informative show. Great way to start the day. It's very kind. Thank you, Sue. And let me go to uh, Carrie. Uh, Carrie says, uh, Bill, absolutely no to daylight time, daylight saving time being permanent. Winter daylight saving time would mean that there is no sunshine until after 9 in the morning. No way. Yeah. Uh, to have uh, the sun coming up that much later in the morning, which is what would happen if we were on permanent uh, daylight saving time, would be ridiculous. And I know some people will say, well, you know, we kind of like it in the summertime when it's uh, 9 o'clock at night and the sun is still... No, it's like, I'm sorry, you know, let's let people who sleep at night sleep at night and let people who are up in the day be up in the day. You know, this whole idea of, of flipping things around is more or less ridiculous. Let me go to Brad, Brad Bennington. And we got a home show, Joe County, this weekend. Isn't that right? What do you say there, Brad? By golly, by golly Bill, we, we sure do. And it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. You know, our, our home show, anything and everything to do with, with your home and property. And, and the one in, in Josephine County there in Grants Pass is always a lot of fun. But we've got something extra that you are going to love and everybody is going to love. So your, your guest that you just had on, uh, Josephine County Commissioner Herman Bergshager, a lot of people don't know that he is also a licensed pilot. Why would I bring that up? I didn't know that. Because Grant, <laughs> Grant's oh yeah, he's a heck of a pilot. Uh, so we we have one of the most active chapters of the Exper- Experimental Aircraft Association in Grant's Pass, and they are going to have an exhibit at our Josephine County Home Show this weekend. And Bill, I'm not kidding you. If you want to see how you can build an airplane at, in your own home, build it build it to uh, a standard where it's absolutely safe, they're going to show you how to do it. They're actually going to bring an airplane to our home show, and they're going to show you how you can build your own airplane. You can actually build it in sections. You can literally build it in your garage, and then, and then you put all the big pieces together once you get it outside. But uh, it, it's beautiful. Uh, they've got a really active chapter there. All right. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm almost out of time, so just give me the uh, the high points of when the home show is and when their displays are on. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, starts at 10 a.m. on Friday, 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. on Saturday, 10 a.m. on Sunday. They're at the beautiful Josephine County Fair, Fairgrounds. Josephine oh. County home show this weekend. All right. And uh, is uh, now Herman's not going to be flying into that, right? Or is he? You know what? You never know what Herman's going to do. That guy, he's, he's a cowboy. You don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> uh, I agree with that. Hey, thanks again, now, Brad. We'll talk soon, all right? Be well. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Bill. All right. A couple minutes after 8 o'clock, and we'll check news here in just a moment. Colonel Kurt Schlichter joins me. What would happen if uh, all of a sudden, you know, you think about the, all, the, all these people coming across the border, uh, how many of them may wish to do harm? What would happen if we had kind of our own Israel October 7th, here. What could it mean? He's written a book about it. We'll talk about it next.